This past week was an extremely, extremely uplifting, powerful, life-changing, transforming week. Uh, I want to encourage you if, you, if you want to watch the services, you can. We have them, right? We have the entire week. You can go to our YouTube channel, our YouTube page channel. We have it on there. Um, I'm not sure about Facebook. I don't know how the videos work on there, but I'm sure they're on there. They're giving me a nod that they're on there as well. Uh, day number two for me was probably the highlight, okay? One of them, because I'll tell you, on Monday, I'm just going to give a quick testimony, and then we're going to get into God's Word, because I want to express to you how, how sweet, how powerful, how wonderful the Lord is, that when we, like Pastor Nena said at, at the opening or during our worship set, uh, you might have heard us talking about how, you know, if we really seek the Lord, we're going to find him, right? If we knock, he's going to open, he's going to answer, right? And I'll tell you, we, were, we have been prepping for this week for quite some time. Uh, the Lord has been, I mean, Pastor Josh is infamous, all right? In our team, our, our staff team, I'm going to tell you, Pastor Josh, a little bit. Hope that's okay. He knows we, it's all love. He's infamous, with sending us text messages that are like three-page text messages, okay? And, 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 I mean, when the Lord is giving you a vision, you can't help it. You have to communicate it. Well, he's got a team that he communicates it to, and then we start, you know, boom, boom, we start doing that. We just start putting things into flow, into action. Sometimes we get overwhelmed because he'll come and say, guys, I want to go buy a $10,000, $20,000 tent, and we're like, what? Some of you don't even remember that during the, during the pandemic as we were coming out of the pandemic to reopen, right? What do you guys think? We were like, no, you're crazy. But shoot, if we hadn't done that, we would have been waiting longer to start meeting in person. And I'll tell you, uh, there was a hunger for community to get back, right? And when we set up those tents, boy, you showed up. You showed up. You said, we're going to come, and little by little, that tent space started getting full, right? So this past week, we had been prepping. We had been praying, fasting. We were doing all kinds of stuff because we, we wanted, we, we wanted, we were hungry. We were desiring that. So on Monday, I get in my truck, and I'm heading over here. Uh, Monday night was Pastor Ron Brown, who blessed us with an amazing message to come back home, right? Uh, restoration requires return uh, was what I saw in his notes. Um, and I was on my way here. I got in my truck, and I just, in my head, in my head, I started praying. And, and that's usually what I do. I'm driving, and the Lord puts me in the zone, and I start praying. But something said, open your mouth. And in my head, I was praying in English, but I couldn't understand the language that was coming out of my mouth at that point. And I'm telling you, from day one, I wasn't able to be here on day five, but I caught a little bit once I got home, and I turned on uh, Facebook, and I saw everybody there, and the altar was full, so I got to see a little bit of, of, of day five. But I'll tell you, from day one to day five to today, God is doing something in our church. And if you've come seeking something, I want to tell you right now, in case I don't come back to this exact word or thought or phrase at the end of this message. I know I will, but just in case, 
because you might have to get up and leave at some point. There might be an emergency. I don't know. But before anybody moves, walks away, gets up, goes to the restroom, does whatever, I want to tell you, whatever it is that you are seeking for, whatever need you have in your life, whatever it is that is heavy on your heart that you have been carrying, that you have been fighting, that you have been struggling with, that you have been hurt by, there is an answer for you, and that answer is Jesus Christ. And if you press into his presence, I'm telling you he's going to show up, and one day you're going to open your mouth, and your, your thoughts are going to be coming in English, but your mouth is going to be saying something in another spiritual tongue, a heavenly language. I tell you, up until I got to the parking lot, I couldn't stop that night, guys. It was amazing. And then we were back there in the, in the sound booth because this, this week was heavy, right? So we were back there. We were all over the place. We were doing sound. We were translating. We were doing graphics. We were doing cameras. We were doing the whole thing. Everybody was pitching in to do something. We were praying for people. We were getting anointing on and then running back and doing some more sound stuff. Everybody was doing all kinds of stuff. We were worshiping. One night, Joe, we need you on drums. I said, all right, let's go. Haven't played drums in like 10 years, but okay. We were all over the place. It was great. But even back there, I could hear our technicians speaking in tongues, being blessed by the Holy Spirit. There was no, no, no getting away from what God was going to do in our lives and in our ministry. So, if you're here for the first time today, my name is Pastor Joe. I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself formally before I even started. Um, but welcome to the mission. Welcome to the mission. We want to welcome you. If it's your first time today... It might have not been easy to get here. I recognize that um, because life is hard sometimes, right? Today we're going to talk about restore, but uh, it might be a little heavy for some of us. It might be a little tough, okay? Um, I've been going through this book. I'm, I'm going to try to share some nuggets every time I get an opportunity but I've been going through this book, and this has been a really difficult book for me. And I started reading this book some time ago. I think it was last year. And I started, like, first chapter, and I had to put it down. I couldn't deal with it. It was hard. It was hard. I'm the type of person that will say, all you need in life, and I'll say it with all sincerity and with all love, and there's all truth behind it. All you need in life is the word of God. It's true. But sometimes God blesses people. I shouldn't say sometimes. There are men and women that God has blessed with insight, with experience, with experience and with a lot of wisdom. Okay? And so we have some excellent, excellent Christian and non-Christian. I'm going to say that. Because it's true. There's a lot of stuff out there that we can benefit from. Don't be, don't be too narrow-minded, okay? But be careful. Be careful. I'm going to tell you right now. This is one of these, these books. I want to encourage you, if it makes sense to you, to go out and get it, go get it. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He's not paying me nothing to promote his book. <laughs> All right? I'm not getting anything other than getting blessed. So I picked it up again some months later. I had to put it down again. And then I get to the page where he actually says, 
For some of you, you might have to put down this book and give it some time. And I said, oh, now you, I get to that page. I, told, I felt like writing to him and said, you should have said that the first, the first thing. The opening sentence of chapter one should have been, hey, this might be kind of tough. Put it down and come back later. It's called Own Your Past, Change Your Future. You might have seen his face if you watch Dave Ramsey. Um, he hosts one of the shows. Um, he's not really, really a financial guy, but they bring him on quite a bit. Um, I'm not, I don't follow a lot of the, the Ramsey stuff. Every once in a while, I like to hear some of his stuff. He's very wise. But uh, Dr. John Deloney, I think is how you say his last name, Deloney, uh, he, he has this book, and it's Own Your Past, Change Your Future. And watch, this is what, what is hilarious to me, because it was nothing, doesn't sound anything like this. A not-so-complicated approach to relationships, mental health, and wellness. I said, not so complicated. I had to put the book down like three times. But it's the same way with the Word of God. Every time I pick it up and I look in the mirror, I'm like, dude, you're Come on, get it together. Even more so when I read the Word of God. But um, so I, I just want to share this with you because uh, a, lot of, a lot of what I'm sharing today is coming from that place. It's coming from a place of someone who didn't realize there was things, didn't even didn't even cross my mind that there was things of my past that I had never healed from. There was things that I had gotten myself involved in as a young man that I didn't realize I was still carrying, that I didn't realize had affected who I would become. You guys with me? Is everybody with me? And had to come to a place that basically I came crashing down, made some bad decisions, hurt my family, hurt my wife. And then started carrying some lies about shame and guilt. I don't know if I've shared this one before, but I was sitting, no, I'm sitting, I was standing over our stove one morning. In the middle of the mess. In the middle of the ugliness of the mud. You ever been stuck in mud before? You ever been stuck in spiritual mud? It's ugly. It's hard. It stinks. It's not fun. And I'm standing there over our stove trying to, trying to cook some bacon and eggs. Sometimes life can get so challenging, so difficult that you're not even, your taste buds aren't even there. Your appetite's gone, but you know you have to eat. And I'm standing there over the stove cooking some breakfast. 
and thoughts that I had never even ever contemplated, thought about, experienced, started creeping in to my headspace. Family would be better off without you. Look at what you did. You weren't meant for more. Just get it over with. Why do you got to take this journey for it? Be easier. Just end it right now. And from the deepest part of my gut, of my soul, I didn't shout it, I wanted to, but I didn't want them to think I was going crazy too. But as best I could, audibly I said no. I said no, and I said it again, I said no. And I had to turn it into a scrambled egg because my over medium had already overcooked. <laughs> It didn't matter. My taste buds weren't really feeling it anyways. But I said, no. But there came a point, it wasn't that day, but there came a point where I stood up and I said, this journey's gonna be hard. The road ahead is going to be extremely painful. And I wasn't just talking about me. I was talking about the two of us, those around us. But here's what I did, and this is my, this is my challenge for all of us today, no matter where we find ourselves. If the enemy is going to come and to try to discourage, distract, destroy, kill, you and I, whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever struggle you might be fighting today, you may be saying, man, I've been struggling with something for 12 years. I've had this going on in my life for 30 years, or I've had whatever your situation. There has to come a point where you stand up and you say enough is enough. I'm going to start changing things from this point on. Jesus already covered it on the cross. But if you and I don't stand up and make a decision one day to say enough, things are changing from this day forward. Have you ever said, uh, I know I've said it, have you ever said that wonderful phrase, this is just the way I am, you know, when people start telling you things about you and you need to stop that, yeah, but this is just the way I am. Have you ever said that before? Some of you chuckled, so I think you have. I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Because God did create you and I for more. And that's why I keep saying, and I'll go back to it over and over again, the answer for you and the answer for me today is Jesus Christ. Everything we need is in his word. But every once in a while, some nice little treasures like this one come around to open our eyes a little bit more. You know what I call this right here? I call this reopening the wounds 
so that they can be properly cleaned, so that they can properly heal. Sometimes it's hard for us to see and to know what area of our life needs to be addressed. Okay, by the way, I'm talking about restoration today, okay? And the title of my message is, um, there is, <laughs> I had it, I had it, okay? I, I got to scramble it up. I got to unscramble it now. Beauty and brokenness, okay? Beauty and brokenness. And, and why did I say that? And I'll just, I'll just give it to you right now because even part of what I wanted to share today is at the end of the book anyway. So some of you might not even go buy it because I'm going to share the end of the book today. But the reason why I say that is because every single one of us who's had any kind of past, any kind of past, God wants you and I to know that there's purpose, there's purpose, there's purpose for everything that you and I have gone through. And God can use even the ugly side of us and redeem it one day so that we can bring others to know Jesus and the power of healing, of salvation, of restoration, of new life that we can only find in Jesus Christ. We have to own what we do and be responsible about it. He just doesn't want us to stay stuck there. He doesn't want you and I to stay there. Do you get where I'm going with this? Because sometimes, some of us, I know some of us, we like, we like how it feels. Because we know how to manage that life. We know how to work that life. We don't know how to, like this, this stuff right here, doing the hard work, we don't like doing it. But that's, that's what we're going to talk about today, is that we need to put in the work. You and I need to put in the work. If we hadn't been praying, fasting, seeking the Lord for this whole week, I'm not going to say it would have fell flat because God is God and he'll do what he wants to do. But maybe for me, it wouldn't have been the same experience had I not set up my heart, my mind, my soul, everything about me leading up to this past week, leading up to today, leading up to even what may come tomorrow. If I don't prep for it today, if I don't do the hard work today, if I don't have the hard conversations today, do you get where I'm going? If I don't look deeply into who I am and really become aware of where I need help, then how can I let God open me up and say, okay, you need to be healed right here. These are some things that you need to stop doing. These are some things that you need to stop saying. But it takes hard work. It takes a lot of practice to do the things that Pastor Nena was talking about this morning, of telling and shifting our minds, shifting our minds to think godly thoughts, to think biblical thoughts, to think those thoughts that are going to change and transform who we are. So in other words, you and I can come every single day to church, but if we don't leave these doors and start putting to practice and start sharing Okay, how, what does that sound like? Tuesday night? Yeah? I told you guys, Tuesday night was powerful. That was my, my little, like, my night right there. I received from the Lord that night. That night I was able to, like, just harness and receive. If you want some practical, practical, practical application and steps for your life, go to Tuesday night's message with Pastor David Espinoza. Powerful stuff. So before I waste any more time... <laughs> 
I want to share some things that might bring all of this home. I had a full heart today to share with you. I had a really full heart to share with you. But I know that time is precious, and I want to communicate some of this, not just with my words, but with some of the things that I've brought today. So we're talking about being restored and what God wants to do in our lives and his desire to be restored. In the Old Testament, the word, the English word restore that we know as restore or other forms of it like restoration, renewal, happens over a hundred times in the Old Testament. Over a hundred times. So do you think God had a plan and had a desire to bring restoration and newness to his people, to the land, even to the land, like literally physical land, much more so to his people? And then in the New Testament, I believe it happens over, a little bit over 20 times, those reoccurrences of restoration, Restoral, re restore, renewal, okay? I just created a new word. Did you catch that? Make sure you write that down, okay? It's a combination of restored and renewal, okay? That's, that's our style. I can throw in some Spanish in there too if you want. So we see that God's heart was to bring new life, right? To bring new life. To equip us, everybody say to equip, okay, to equip us that through new life we'd be able to make changes, not forget what we've done or not forget the past, leave that to God, okay. Why do I say that? Because if I forget what I did and what God has brought me out of, do you, go, you see where I'm going? If I forget the mud that I found myself stuck in, if I forget what I the mess that I created, I might fall right back into that mess. So I say to the Lord, Lord, don't ever let me forget, but I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to mature. I want to get closer to you because I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever want to go back to that same place. You brought me out of it and you made a new way for me, but... Part of that story is beautiful because now God has redeemed it. Do you get what I'm going? He's redeemed it. So as we talk about restoration, we know that when we go through things like that, when others go through things like that, sometimes it comes to really, really bring separation to their community. For example, there was the woman who had the issue of blood. In her day and in her situation, it was a literal physical situation that she found herself in for many many years that she had this issue of blood in their day and their culture that made them unclean so if they if a woman was struggling or if she was on her menstrual cycle she had to stay away from others if you touched her you became unclean was what that was communicated what was taught was part of the law And fast forward, Jesus starts to apply that to say, sometimes the mess that we find ourselves in is worse than menstrual rags. It's a, it becomes a spiritual thing. That our sin is worse. Our sin, you, you follow where I'm going with this? So then, because of sin, we become separated. It separates us from God, but because of sin, we also separate ourselves from loved ones. 
We bring division. We bring hatred. We bring resentment. The sin that comes into our life begins to just create these ugly things and situations in our home lives, in our relationships, our friendships, right? So can you imagine this woman, what she had to live with and how she had been separated? So let's watch a quick video clip that I picked out of The Chosen. I don't know many of you are familiar with The Chosen, but some people are talking it down and stuff. I don't care. It's fun to watch. They take a lot of uh, artistic liberties that are cool. You guys ready? Let's go. Stay back, stay back, everyone. She's dead. 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 She's Just a fridge. One touch. Unclean. We removed her. Please, please. I promise I won't touch him. I, I just need. Oh, to. Woman, please. We can help you, but not now. Sorry. Try tomorrow. Oh, please, just a moment. the question who touched me master the crowds are pressing in all around you like this and you're asking who touched you they all have someone touched me I felt that power went out of me Whoever touched me, come forward, teacher. It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You're not unclean. <clears throat> Why my garment? I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't have asked. But if, if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. Uh, I was sick. I was so afraid to mouth this. I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. 
But but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> Thank you. Who told you I could heal? A man from the pool. And he was right. The blood is easy. My daughter. And no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. That's cool, guys. But because it was instant. I felt it right away. I know, but it wasn't this. Sometimes in life, like this bag, it's a cute bag, huh? <laughs> it's pretty, it's nice, it's actually brand new. It had the tag on it, pulled it off this morning. Our lives can look like this. But the hardships of life begin to do things to us on the inside. They cause a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And we start to believe things like she was believing. I don't know if you caught that. She said, I'm nobody's daughter. She had been so marginalized, put aside, put out. Her own family probably never and wasn't accepting her anymore. But sometimes those pains are like these bricks. And we start carrying them around. Pain, sometimes because of what others have done to us. Not even something we did. And you carry around unforgiveness. And it starts to weigh you down. And it hurts. And it's not the only thing that we put in our bags. But there are things that begin to hold us captive, like addictions. There's another one, anger. And another one. And they just keep piling up into our bag of life. But the bag still looks cute, doesn't it? And the bag still looks nice. But man, this thing's heavy. We carry it. For some of us, the bricks don't even look that big. For some of us, they're like little pebbles. Tons, tons of stuff that has happened, that we've done, that we're carrying. But you know what? 
goes into our bag. And another goes into our bag. That's a lot of small pebbles. And then more goes into our bag. that one too. Your pain, my pain, your hurt, my hurt, it doesn't always look the same. David Kessler said in the book that our pains are like our fingerprints. They're unique to each and every one of us. But you know what? This bag weighs the same as the brick bag. Some of us have been carrying things our entire life. They've been weighing us down. And it's just, it's even hard to step into a church sometimes because of things that have happened to us in our past. Because maybe somewhere else somebody hurt us, did something to us, said something to us, betrayed us, and our bags are full. But I'm reminded after this week, but I'm reminded day after day, I hope you're listening to me right now, and I hope you haven't tuned me out, because there's beauty in our brokenness. There's beauty in our brokenness. All these things, all these things that we've been carrying, this wasn't even the passage I had for you today, but Jesus said, Come to me, right? All you who are heavy. You've been carrying stuff. You've been piling them up. They're dirty, too. Sorry, cleaning crew, but. And he says, put on my yoke. Right? Didn't he say that? Put on my yoke. I'm not going to empty out the pebbles. That's a make. Because, what does he say? Because mine is easy. My burden is light. He told his disciples in John chapter 16, you're going to have all kinds of troubles in this world. You're going to have them. He didn't say, oh, now with me here, I'm in the picture now, here's your Messiah, you're not going to have any issues. No, he said, you're going to have all kinds of troubles. He didn't even list anything because he knew that what you and I, what his disciples would be facing would be things that most people can't even carry. I can't carry what you're carrying. You can't carry what I'm carrying. But he said to them, but I, he said, what did he say? He goes, I have overcome this world. And no matter what you would face, so what does restoration look like? What does being well in Christ look like? What does new life in Christ look like? He says it to us in different scriptures and different passages. Paul, he uses one in Romans chapter 8. He says, and we know that all things that happen to us, that occur to us, God can transform them and bring beauty out of them. He can make them work for the good of his kingdom. 
And in the restoration and the new life that he offers you and I, he says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, right? Because part of restoration, part of the meaning being restored is to also be raised up, to be stood up again. So in other words, if you and I were once dead because of our sins and our transgressions, he says, hey, when I restore, it's not just about taking the weight off. It's about giving you new life. It's about taking you from that dead place and saying to you, there's life in you now. And if the spirit of him, somebody say the spirit of him. Somebody say the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of God. It says, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, is living in me. Is he living in you today? Look, okay. Man, you guys sound like you're barely going to start a revival week. Like you haven't even been through it yet. One more time. (laughs) Is the spirit of Jesus in you and I this morning? It says, if he's living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I wish I had more time with you today. (laughs) There's some things that we can put into practice today. And some things that I want you to walk away with. There's a Japanese art called Katsugi. Have you ever heard of that? Katsugi. And it's the art of taking broken pottery and putting it back together with gold silver or platinum. I don't know if you've ever seen pottery like this. The philosophy behind the Chinese art is that the bowl served its purpose, was broken, but then was giving new life again through this art of putting the pieces back together and mending them with gold, silver, and platinum, right? And so now the bowl tells even a deeper story. So today, why is this so important for us to take with us, to know and understand that because we've been in ugly places, maybe even today you're still there and you're saying, Pastor, I'm still in the stuck part that you were talking about. I haven't even been able to move on from that. I haven't heard any other words you said. Because that's where I am. Even the things that we've experienced, that we're ashamed of, that we carry guilt over, that we wish hadn't been done, maybe some of that shame has been put on us because of what others have been done to have done to us. God says, I can create something beautiful of it. As long as my son Jesus Christ is the one who is mending you back together, there is nothing that can destroy your life again. The idea there is that you and I, just like this hand we were using in the past week for a lot of our um, announcements on web and different things leading up to our revival week, 
Jesus can mend you and I back together no matter where we came from, what it looked like, what we got ourselves involved in. There is hope that comes from restoration. There is new life that comes from being restored. But the process to truly get there is a long process, and it can be very hard, and it can be painful because nobody likes to reopen old wounds. Nobody does. But if we let him search us, if we let him search us, if you let him go deep enough to the root of what's causing the pain and the hurt in your life, somebody said that pain and meditation or reflection equals progress. If we go to that root, if we go to that place and allow God to begin to heal us from the inside out, one thing at a time, and just begin to go deep into us, I'm here to tell you today that there is a new life for you to begin walking in and living in today. There is a new life that if you and I allow him the opportunity and say, okay, I'm here I know it's going to be painful. I know it's going to hurt to reopen some of these things. But do in me what you got to do because I believe that I've been created for more. Because I know because of what you've done on the cross for me, I can be better. I can be somebody. I can do and I can make a difference in this world. And I can be a light in the darkness that is covering our land right now. I can be a change for those who will come after me. That's why this is so important, because there's children, there's kids, our kids, your kids that are going to be walking these paved roads that are redeemed bricks. Your and my redeemed bricks are going to be now paved roads that our kids will be walking in. When they see you and I overcome because of what God and Jesus has done in our lives, they'll say, hey, we can do it too. Instill in them a heart of resilience. Instill in them a heart that says, I'm never going to give up. Because I know, I saw in my dad, I saw in my mom, they didn't give up. I saw in my tia, my tío, they didn't give up. They brought me to church. They showed me God's way. They taught me the ways. I'm not going to give up. No matter what may come, that's what a life restored looks like. That no matter how hard it gets, no matter how ugly the world gets, we will have the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will make better decisions, take better steps to change. So if that's you today, if that's you today, say this prayer with me. Lord, if you need to, open me up. Go to the root that's causing all this pain. Cast it out. Bring healing. That your Holy Spirit, like oil, would come into my wounds and heal my heart. Lord, today I forgive those who have hurt me. Let's say that one one more time. Lord, today I forgive those who have hurt me. I want to walk in your freedom. I want to walk in new life. 
I want to be who you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen.